Hello, people on this planet. My name is Sanjay. I'm Conrad. And I'm Matthew. And we are Planet Butthurt. As tradition somehow has been dictated, we're going to start out with some shout-outs this week. So first of all, thanks to our friend Daniel for giving us some sweet digs to hang out and record in. Daniel Sanamon Photography, you'll do your quinceanera. Also, we're going to be talking about some comics this week, so and some cons, so I wanted to kind of give a shout-out to some people that I met in this past couple couple weekos. So let's start off with the worst comic podcast ever. There's some guys from our local neighborhood, and they are very cool as well. Give them a check out at their website, worstcomicpodcastever.com. Also, Mike's Garbage Art. She's super cool, makes nerd stuff. Go check it out. Buy literally all of her things. And Diana Alexander. She was walking around Planet Comic Con dressed as Riri Williams and was doing a great job at it. You can find her on the Instagrams at DirtyD, or you can just search her name and find her on YouTube. So, guys, let's talk about some cons. Yeah, it's... uh... Just got out of Planet Comic Con a few weeks, week ago. Um, really dope. Really mm-hmm. big in comparison to previous years in Kansas City. Yeah, it was kind of staggering, like, showing up, and there were insane lines just to get in. Like, that is not what I signed up for. I wanted three people ahead of me, and so I could just zoom in, but that was not the case. Yeah. When I got there, it was about 500 people in line <laughs> just to get in the door. It was, I was like, wow. So, it's a bit, definitely an improvement from... 10 years ago, even five years ago. So it's totally cool though. So lots more exposure in the Midwest for the geeks. Mm-hmm. So. Definitely didn't get to see Jason Aaron as much as I would have liked to, you know, always got to see his, his beautiful face, but I'm yeah. real salty. I didn't get to see him at all. Uh. I, was, I went back to his booth like five times. I'm like, where's my homeboy? Where's Southern Bastards creator? Where is he? I want him now. And yeah, so. Yeah, same thing. I always try to see Jason Latour, who's the creator of uh, Spider Gwen, and he was not there at all. Your boy was ghosting just the entire time. He was in the in the floorboards. He was running through. Maybe he was Spider Gwen that day. I you just was know. looking for the wrong wrong human. So, you never know. But yeah, what was your favorite part of the con this year? Uh, we took a lot of pictures with a lot of the memorabilia. Was there? Um, there was some prop displays. For Hoth, the mm-hmm. ice planet from Star Wars, there was the Echo One. There's a lot of cool stuff. So, what about you guys? What'd you guys do? I didn't go, and I'm really upset about it. Just a little bit of the bitters. Little bitters. All of them. Also, my friend uh, whose Instagram name is Little Bitters was, I'm gonna mispronounce this, Gazuma from uh, Pokemans. Gazuma? Gazma? Your girl had a bunch of grunts following her, and it was hilarious. One like, of those pronunciations is one correct. Of, one of those. Pronunciation. We're, we're okay. going we're to mispronounce some things later on, but yeah, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll and, try our best. Yeah, I know one of my favorite parts, uh, on one of the days, I, a group of friends slash our beautiful editor and I were team side avatar, so I was the cabbage guy from Avatar The Last Airbender, Hope was Momo, and our friend was Yue, the girl that turns into the moon. So it was a pretty great time. Uh, lots of screaming, lots of vegetables were thrown around, and lots of people were surprisingly excited to see a bunch of not main characters from a show just hang out. So it was really cool to kind of get to hang out with people that way. It was sweet. Yeah, I saw that cosplay online. I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. So anyway, but uh, Matthew, I know what con you did go to. You went to Lace, didn't you? 
I did. Lace is Little Apple Comic Expo held here in Manhattan. Uh, it's put on by a couple of our friends, Josh and Allie Smith, and they're super awesome. And Josh actually has his own podcast called... The Casual Males. Thank you. Um, it's really cool. Y'all should check it out. Man, we're just doing a lot of like giving out this week. It feels good, you know? Do you think this is how Bruce Wayne feels in his off time, you know? The gift of giving. Exactly. Giving punches to the faces of criminals <laughs> and then toys to children the next day. Exactly. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> is that a direct quote? Or... No, I just no. made that up oh, on the okay. spot. I mean, I didn't know either way. I would have just assumed, you know. Yes. <laughs> it's a very Chip Zardaski thing to say. I agree with that. So, yeah. Are you sure? Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Little Apple Comic Expo was actually really awesome. We all helped run it and everything, and so that was super fun, getting to see both sides of a con. Um, and then one of the really, one of my favorite things about Lace is honestly kind of how small it is. Like, it's pretty big for the size that it's supposed to be which i don't know how to phrase that really it's bigger than you would think for such a small town um but it's still small enough that you can go around and talk to everybody and it's it's got a really nice casual feel to it uh whereas like last year when i went to planet comic-con i was freaking out there were so many people i mean it was awesome i had a blast but also there were just a lot of people too much too loud, too hot, everything. Um, whereas Lace is just super casual and like, kind of just like you're hanging out with the creators, which is awesome because it's a lot easier to have a one-on-one conversation with the creators when they're not being like hella fangirled over. Like, don't get me wrong, they still get fangirled over. But it's only by like two or three people versus the 100 strong line that you have for them at a big con um yeah yeah i know we've talked about it before and you've mentioned that that is one of if not your favorite parts about going to lace and being able to go to planet comic con last year but i know a lot of people don't have the ability to go or just never have gone to cons before so why do you guys think it's important that people do go to these collections of nerds no, I, I think, yeah, it's definitely important to have smaller cons, and I, I really appreciate Lace because this is its second year in conception, and to answer that question, like, the first year Lace was put on, there was so many people there, there was, like, fourfold what we initially thought was going to be there. Oh, yeah, like, last year, when it went, the first year, it was crazy. Um, Josh and Ellie were talking about it afterwards, and, I mean, a, a week or so afterwards, we all got stupid sick. Um, at the same time, it was terrible. But yeah, uh, they were looking at the sales and everything, and they were just amazed. There were like 2,000 people there the first year, and they were they were not expecting that kind of turnout. Um, and this year, it was double that. Yeah, it was, it was insane. And I think it's part of the reason for that is because, I mean, a lot of the people that were asked last year at the con, why did you come to Manhattan Con? Why are there so many people? And they said, well, we've never had a con in this area before. So if you look at Manhattan and what surrounds it, you really think the closest con is Kansas City or Wichita at best. Yeah. Um, Kansas City is one of the best cons that's closer to Manhattan. So having Lace, this 2,000 uh, attendee con uh, here in Manhattan, that's really chill, really nice. And we still get, like, big names. Like, next year there's a lot of big names coming. Um, 
There were big names this year, too. There were big names this year, too. Um, Kyle Strom, uh, Jeremy Hahn. Yeah, Jeremy. Uh, Seth Peck. And then, I guess, yeah, we can announce who's coming. Jesse Aaron's coming next year to Manhattan. So, uh, yeah, uh, there's going to be a lot of people coming next year, and there were a lot of cool people this year. So it's definitely a beneficial thing to have smaller cons in areas that necessarily don't exposure, get exposure to big cons because you have fans who want to go to a con no matter where they are. If they're in Utah, they're in Alaska, that you have to have a con within uh, a vicinity of people because people will show up because there's always comic fans everywhere. It's amazing the nooks and crannies and crazy places in society that comic fans exist yeah. or geeky fans exist in general. <laughs> um, yeah, like I know one of the one of the reasons there were a few of them that I didn't go to Planet was uh, because it's really hard for me to get out to Kansas City because my car barely gets me from point A to point B in Manhattan. So doing a two-hour drive in that, like, and then putting another person in the car or even any bags in the car, it slows it down. It makes it not run. It's yeah, my car is awesome. Anyway, buy me a new car. This is actually just a a steady plug for the Patreon that we're going to build so uh, you can get Matthew a new car. So if you're interested in donating to this new car fund, check us out at www.newcarpatreon.org. Backslash Matthew's new car. Backslash dope. (laughs) Backslash something. Exactly. (laughs) Anyway, um, also another really good reason that cons are important is it makes us feel like we're not alone. uh, Because I know that in high school... And even older, a lot of people feel like they're the only ones who like comics, who like nerdy things in general, uh, the only ones who like Magic the Gathering. That's me. And, and the like. Um, so it's really awesome to see these like thousands of people flocking to the same things that you're interested in. And not only that, but you get to see some of the like low, lower down artists, I guess, not that's not how I want to phrase it, but the ones who don't actually draw for comics and they just make like fan art of these things that you really love and you, you get to see how passionate other people are about the same things that you are. And that's awesome because nobody should feel alone. Yeah, so. yeah it's, it's definitely, I definitely agree. It's, it's important. And now that comic books and geek culture are becoming a more predominant thing in society that aren't like... You know, shadowed upon or in the closet, like Matthew said, it's kind of nice to finally see a lot more exposure, even in small communities like Manhattan, Kansas. Like Kansas, you know, mm-hmm. it's great. So we have more than just Dorothy. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, Kansas is actually one of the better places to be for a comic book lover. Uh, there's so many artists who grew up in Kansas. There's so many things that have started in Kansas. Um, that I'm just learning about because I'm from Michigan, so I know nothing about this lovely state. Um, but, like, Superman was originally from Kansas, and I'm going to be honest, I'm not a really a Superman fan. But it's really interesting to see the town of, what is it, Hutchinson turn into Smallville for a weekend for Smallville Comic-Con. Um, like, people just get really into that, and so... I. Kansas is like the birthplace of comics almost ish in a way TM. Sort of. yeah no it's yeah like other small cons in Kansas that exist it's great we could talk about some of them is yeah Smallville Comic Con in Atchison 
the whole town turns into Smallville for a week. Yeah, like officially. the the they have people from the post office at the con, and they will stamp or like give you uh, stamps or whatever. All, all these different things that instead of saying Hutchinson, say Smallville, which is just it's so awesome, and it's like this this really cute thing that they do. Um, just to like make people see how great it is. It's a really small con, but it's so much fun. Yeah, and they get a lot of big names there actually, yeah. which is surprising. They get a lot of people to come uh, to Hutchison, um, which is crazy, and it's it's a really fun experience. Um, Free State Comic Con is pretty cool. Just I don't know because John Brown's always on the cover, but also it's a it's a very Lawrence Comic Con. Lawrence is the more upbeat hipster-ish college town in Kansas mm-hmm. and so that gets reflected in the Comic-Con which is pretty cool uh, so you get a lot of cool art, a lot of cool people come there um, other comics that exist Top Con in Topeka uh, but yeah and then there's also Kansas City Con in August usually um, that is different from Planet Comic Con that's more about Kansas City in general rather than the area uh, so those are some other cons that exist that uh, are in the area and I know when we got back from Planet Comic Con, uh, whenever that was earlier this month, I was talking to one of my friends a little bit later, and he approached me and was like, hey, so uh, how was it? And I kind of like went on a little bit. I thought it was a lot of fun, as you can gather from all of us. And he nervously was uh, like, so is it, is it okay if I go with you guys next time? And it was something that hadn't really been brought up to me before, but... Like Matthew said, you should never feel like you're alone, but you should also know that there are so or there are so many people willing to help you if you want to get there. This is an all all inclusive environment. It's something that will give you a chance to shine in any aspect that you want to, or a place you can kind of just like hang out and walk around and feel like you still are okay being there. So it's really cool. It's like uh, it's like football without any of the screaming or sports. There's still some screaming. There's, There's still some screaming. screaming. <laughs> yeah. Um, Allison Scaglione, who is Mindy from Drake and Josh, was there, and I screamed. That was it. Yeah. Whatever. Like 13-year-old Sanjay was <laughs> very excited, and so was 23-year-old Sanjay. Um, yeah, to kind of piggyback off that, one of the really cool things that I've noticed about the comic book community is it's a lot different from other communities where most of the people in this like nerd culture community will instead of shunning you for being a newcomer they will welcome you with open arms and guide you and like just say like hey what are a couple of things that you're interested in okay well here's seven different comics that you would love and then when you're done with those get back to me and then it's just it opens up this whole new world and instead of just being an asshole they're like here let me guide you let me be your yoda it's really cool because um, it seems like I've always thought for years and years there wasn't variety in comic books. It was always like superheroes and tights. And then slowly I got more into it. And I'm like, whoa, there's Southern Bastards. There's um, uh, Valiant comic books. There's, there's so, many, so much more variety than I thought. And now eventually I've gotten to the point where uh, I talk about like, hey, I don't really read Marvel and DC anymore. I usually just read Independence. I've slowly got back into Marvel and DC uh, particularly DC, and I feel like we'll talk about that at the end of the show for a number of very good reasons. But yeah, there's there's such a variety of comic books now that aren't just superheroes. That is so great. Um, and we talked about it before on the independent episode, but yeah. And one of the 
piggybacking off of that as well. Second theme of the day. Do you like piggybacking? Then you can go to www.patreon.piggybacking.org and you can have any one of us piggyback you for any amount of time across the country. This will also tie back into Matthew's new car fund, so don't forget that. But <laughs> piggybacking off of Conrad's last thought, with comic books having so much more than just people in tights and so much more than just these kind of classic roles, we've seen in the last couple of months and in the last couple of years a push to have the average person in a comic book. We've seen a lot more of not cookie cutter people being put into the spotlight, which is amazing. But I know, and it's really become kind of a hot topic in the last few months that Marvel's comic sales have started to slump a little bit and that there may be a, a correlation or some would view a correlation between these comic sales and all of these new heroes, all of these new covers and all these new people we're seeing in there. So, Conrad, if you want to start off a little bit with the Marvel Comics slump. Yeah, it's it's a definitely convoluted and weird topic. Um, it goes back a while, but I'll, I'll make it brief. Um, yeah, it's, there's a lot of push to increase diversity in comic books uh, lately. There's always been a kind of push to increase comic book diversity ever since the X-Men. But um, in recent years, Miss um, Marvel, uh, Jane Foster as Thor. These are a few exceptions. Miles of Morales. Miles Morales favorite Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's been a lot of diversity increases in the last couple of years. And it's kind of a weird thing because recently, uh, beginning in October, and we are now in the month of May. Okay, so, well, I didn't know when this was going to be released. So anyway, um, uh, we are now in the month of May, and so uh, there's a lot of, there's a big sales dip for Marvel's comics. Huge. Um, and the problem is when Marvel sales was confronted with the question, why are your sales going so badly? And it also doesn't look very good for Marvel because contextually and uh, conversely, DC sales have rocketed. So if you look at the sales graph uh, because of DC Rebirth, of course, which I'm reading and I love. And I've talked about DC the Button and different things on the show before, and it's great. It's amazing. DC Rebirth is amazing. But anyway, um, if you look at the graphs, like it's just here's. But anyway, this yeah, this is a podcast. This is a podcast. <laughs> I can't. It was, we but, can see you, but the listeners cannot. Exactly. But anyway, yeah, it's just this huge increase for uh, DC and just just like for Marvel. Um, so, come some of the reasons come from diversity. They come from event fatigue, which is now a coin term that I love to use because it mm-hmm. perfectly sums up everything I have wrong with Marvel at the time and now. And uh, a couple other different issues um, like uh, continuity and stuff like that. So, and then, of course, Nazi cap. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hydra cap, <laughs> so, which is, uh, is a lot more nuanced than that. But anyway, yeah, so... Um, Basically, the premise is it started in October, and basically, a uh, sales person from Marvel said, yeah, diversity is to blame. A lot of readers are dropping off because of diversity. And there's been a lot of pushback lately because from readers um, saying, I don't think it's technically diversity that's killing the sales necessarily for Marvel. It's event fatigue and other convoluted reasons. Um, a couple months ago, Marvel announced that, hey, Captain America's always been Hydra, so... That really upset people, and I've actually seen people on the internet burn this week's issue of Free Comic Book Day 
um, because of just the disgust for Nick Spencer's Secret Empire. I've seen crazy reactions to it. But when you actually look at the um, story itself, um, it's written, it's startings and context were written before the election, but there is some heavy metaphors for what has been going on um, in the last few months politically in America in the story. And it is, wow. But it's very good. Secret Empire, uh, number one out, is, is out now, and it's, I would highly recommend it. But uh, and additionally, um, Event Fatigue. In 2015, Secret Wars came out, which was kind of going to be a way to take the ultimate universe, Miles Morales characters, stuff like that, and bring them into the 616, which I was all about, because all I wanted to see was Miles Morales interact in the 616 universe for like yep. ever since he was created. And so I was happy because that's what I was going to get. Um, but eventually it got to the point where it was this huge cataclysmic event that just created this event fatigue for a lot of readers who could not understand the chronology of the stories anymore. And I know when Hope and I were also reading this starting out, it got to the point where in the uh, Secret Wars specifically, we thought it ended months before it did. It got to the point where it was dragging on so long. There were so many issues of things that were going on stark tangents from what it started out being and what you know from the Marvel Universe that you kind of didn't care anymore. You wanted to know the end, but you didn't want to read to get there, which is kind of what this is going off of. You don't you want to keep things exciting. You want to introduce these large world or universe spanning events, but you kind of don't want to, you know, just attack this from the same angle for a year in its entirety. Yeah, I agree. And one of the major issues from that, in addition, is Secret Wars spanned every single Marvel comic book uh, that was in the Marvel Universe, which was very frustrating. Uh, Civil War II didn't necessarily, but it still had the same problems. But Secret Wars was... A lot of people had issues with it because it was just... It would take stories that were good at the time, like... I think um, The Vision was that at the time, and a couple of different stories that were really good. These small, localized, self-contained stories, and just convolute the storyline because of Secret Wars. Um, you really like the word convolute. Today. I do. It's it a is, good word. It has, it has the first three letters of my name, so of course I like <laughs> it. It's convincing to me. Yeah. I can go on on this. This is a Please bad don't. idea. Okay, so anyway, uh, so that's a couple of the different issues that's been going on. So because of the Marvel sales slump, people have been suggesting a different path to take, and Marvel has been slowly coming back with a new thing called Marvel Legacy. Um, this is very fresh, very hot, so I don't know as much as I as I hope to, but it's basically the premise is going to be, it's very similar akin to DC's Rebirth. It takes legacy characters, like just old Wolverine, old Thor, all Captain America, all the 1960s, 70s comic book characters, and then mashes them up with the newer diverse characters in kind of partnerships of a way. So... Laura Wolverine, the one you might recognize from Logan, X-23, is going to have a series with uh, regular Wolverine and so on and so forth. So it'll be a way to bring the old and new audiences together in a story, which I thought was kind of a cool way of doing it. I don't know how it's going to go out. I don't know the actual circumstance of how it will be, but it's a good concept to like take old and new characters and then put them in a story together that old and new readers can appreciate. That would be my... That is the best case scenario. <laughs> so, but what do you guys think? What do you guys think about legacy characters, diversity characters, how they are in the market? What are your uh, reflections on this? I think that a lot of people have started reading comics in the past year that never would have touched them otherwise. 
because they like said in the beginning uh it was something that kind of was frowned upon you know you're just at home reading a comic book which is a very enjoyable thing that I spent most of my free time today doing, is something that you couldn't do a few years ago. You couldn't say, oh, I collect comics, or I do this, I do this, but thanks to the Marvel Cinematic Films, in addition to DC's greater effort to make high-quality live-action films, being a nerd is great, and everyone is starting to kind of embrace that a little bit, and having uh, this comic slump, it really is a bummer a little bit, because it like I've already shared, I really do feel like it is partially due to the uh, the event fatigue, and I would hate to see a lot of people turned away because they can't see themselves in characters. That, like, human empathy, that kind of natural uh, reaction to draw to someone that looks like you or draw to someone that acts like you or has a trait that you have is something that's been very much more prominent um, in the, the last couple months, the last year or so. So I would really hate to see that go away. But hopefully they do continue on with this trend of making new and dynamic characters, incorporating new things. And I think that seeing Legacy will help a lot. Uh, my dad is the one that personally got me into a lot of uh, comic book movies, comic book shows. And being able to sit down with him and read a comic of a character that I personally love with the older version that he also loves is going to be sweet. I'm going to love that. And I think that this is best case scenario as well something that's going to draw in a lot of new readers and bridge that big gap of the new 52-ish kind of not so great writing that was going on for a while or in on the dc side or kind of just the more drawn out arcs that people fell away from when they first or when they were reading comics so yeah i'm very optimistic but we'll see in the meantime Rebirth is fantastic, and I love everything that's been going on in there. So, yeah, uh, the button in Rebirth, um, the Lazarus contract, which is going to concern the Teen Titans. It looks like there's going to be some pretty good stories um, in Rebirth. And I just want to add a quick little story here. Um, but uh, when I was two years ago, when I was working on a farm, because I'm from Kansas, but uh, two years I was working ago on a farm, and uh, my boss was this 60 year old guy from. You know, just Meriden, Kansas, Podent, Kansas. And I never really thought about it as much in other contexts than in my job. And then one day he brought up, hey, have you seen the new Thor movie? And I'm like, whoa, what? And I'm like, I'm probably going to go see it next week. And he's like, cool, I want to go see it too. I want to see if Mangog's in it. And I'm like, that is a very obscure comic book character that you just dropped there. Please explain yourself, sir. And he's like, yeah, I've read comic books ever since I was a kid. I've got the first Thor. I've been reading Thor since Thor was first introduced. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Tell me more. So, <laughs> but yeah, so what I miss about Marvel, what I tell the story about is um, I sat and talked to him and through my employment several times about Thor continuity and Thor stories. And we could just sit and talk about Thor and both know exactly what we're talking about. And our readership had spanned more than 50 years of Thor because he'd read Thor for so many years. I'd read Thor for so many years, um, partly, in fact, because of um, early 2000s Thor, Jason Aaron Thor, and then before that. And then he'd read all of the Jack Kirby and Stan Lee and Tales to Astonish Thor. And so we had this just great knowledge of Thor for like the past 50 years that we could just like talk about. And that was a really cool experience. And I hope that someday it gets back to that point where like, 
Marvel old readers and Marvel new readers and Marvel continue readers can sit down and have this comic book chat all together um, about their favorite characters rather than be event fatigued or jump on and off. They can just come and, and have, have the conversation, I guess. And once again, another story, because this is story time. If you enjoy a good story with Planet Butthurt, feel free to go to www.patreon.com slash storytime with Planet Butthurt. As always, this is going to tie into Matthew's new car fund, so feel free to go donate to that as well. Uh, my maternal grandfather, I did not know for most of my life, he reads a lot of fiction books, but apparently he was a huge comic nerd for most of his life. The reason he didn't bring it up was his mother threw away all of his comic books when he joined the army. So uh, when the like a lot of uh, the Captain America stuff started again, he was like, hey, grandson, you're going to go see this movie? And I was like, yeah, maybe. Why? And he's like, because Nick Fury is the only character you need to know. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, you don't know about the Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.? And he just ranted about this dude that I knew nothing about at the time because I was still a wee baby. But, yeah, <laughs> there's just so much, like, cool stuff. And hopefully this dialogue continues and we can kind of see this wide breadth of readers and comic stuff kind of integrating its way into day-to-day life. I'm going to be honest, I zoned out for the most of that. But our time is uh, coming to an end. Good story, Sandre. Thank you. Also, I was wondering, do we have a sponsorship from Patreon? No, we do not. Um, okay. But if you would like to see us get sponsored by Patreon, please go to www.patreon.com slash please sponsor us Patreon, where you can, as always, go back to Matthew's new car fund and see our show flourish. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh uh, where can they find us online, Sanjay? <laughs> if you'd like to find us, you can go to www.alotofwordsplanetabuthurt.com. Uh, we're also on Instagram. We're now on Facebook. You can always find us on Twitter. I'm also on Twitter. I don't post very much, but you can go find me there as well. Cool. All right. Thanks for listening. Diggity dank. Bye, guys. Bye.